Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Open Book Besties. I'm Misty Walker. And I'm Kay Webster. And we have a guest today. Yay! Uh, we have C.E. Ricci with us. Uh, do you want to say hi? <laughs> I don't know. This is going to be a very, very awkward, sorry guys, in advance. <laughs> okay, Christy and I have a habit of inviting people like minutes before the show starts and that's what happened today yes that's what the, our last guest jessica we did that or no the time before i was like hey you want to be on our show and she's like okay and i'm like well go go get ready right now and she's like right now <laughs> that's like, yep. exactly what happened yep pretty much it was like miss was like okay well i'll send you the link we'll be on in an hour i'm like wait today yeah <laughs> okay well, what's funny is I was actually writing with you and, and yeah. you were like, hey, you want to go sprint in a room? And I'm like, sure. And I see you type like four words and then you just ghosted on me. And I was like, oh, okay. And then Misty's all like, yeah, she's going to come on our show today. And I was like, oh, okay. That's what happened. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I don't know what I was going to say, but yeah, that's exactly what happened. That's- <laughs> she's like today. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Well, if anybody doesn't know CE Ricci, do you, do you tell people your real name or do you just go? Yeah, I go by Chelsea. Yeah. Well, Chelsea writes the best MM romance. I mean, it is angsty. It is juicy. It is emotional. You guys have heard me on the show, like gushing about her books. And I still remember the first time you were like, Hey, will you uh, read this book and tell me if it's okay? Or like an early, uh, an arc. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I literally, cause you said you were a new author and I expected, you know, to be like, oh gosh, this is going to be a chore. I literally started <laughs> reading it. And I was like, this is so good. And I was like devouring it. And I got to the end and I was like, oh my God, I need more. This is so good. And you're <laughs> like, oh, you don't have to blow smoke up my butt. And I'm like, dude, I do not do this to people unless I love the book. And so you gushed to me the whole time you were reading it you were like I can't believe she's a new author I can't believe this is her new first book this is crazy it's so good oh I was so proud (laughs) yeah it was it was so funny because I got your um your dm on facebook after you were done and I was like sitting there reading it in my living room and I'm like shaking like my whole entire body was just shaking reading it I'm like oh my god because it's like when someone you look up to like you were my first ever mm read so I was like oh my God, like she likes my work. I was like, you know, little kid, like fangirling inside, trying to keep it together while I was talking to you Aww. because I was so excited. I, well, I was proud of you. I'm still proud of you. you Thank you. you. You and Misty both have made me so proud. Y'all just came out of nowhere with these epic books and <laughs> surprised the heck out of me. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, but I'm proud of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so... Chelsea, what inspired you to start writing? Oh gosh. Um, well, I've been writing for a long time. So it's funny that, you know, people say like, oh my God, that like Follow the River was your first book. And it's like, well, it, it was technically my first published book, but I've written, you know, hundreds of thousands of words that will never see the light of day just for the hell of it. Or just because I was just trying to get better at it. And I've always enjoyed it, even thought about going to school for it. But then I was like, Uh, what can I do with an English major besides, you know, teach? So I went into a different field. And when the pandemic hit, I had a lot of free time because my job was like cut back on hours. And so I was like, you know what, might as well just pick it back up again. And it was right around the time that I had 
read MM for the first time. I had read Wicked Lies and then I'd read Him and Us. And I was like, you know, I kind of want to write some angsty because a lot of my friends were like, you can't really find a lot of super angsty MM. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'll write one. And then Follow the River was kind of born and here we are. <laughs> yeah, so. That's awesome. Uh, so you've always been a writer, but have you always like had the dream of publishing? I always said I wanted to publish a book. I just to say that I did it. And, you know, if nothing ever came of it, nothing came of it. But it's kind of become like a dream come true in a way. So it's been really, really uh, rewarding, I guess, would be the best way to say it. Because I never imagined having people be like, when's the next thing coming? And I'm like, I don't know, but thank you for wanting more. Like, it's just a really, really good feeling. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Are you a pantser or a plotter? I'm a, I'm a big time plotter. Um, it's, it's really hard for me to pants. I can't even really write in order. I'm trying to teach myself to write from the beginning to the end. Um, I like to write whatever comes to me, whether it be the end or the first a uh, spicy scene or whatever it might be. I just kind of jump around and then fill the holes in as I go. Um, and that's worked for me so far, but I'm trying to get in the habit of just writing in order, letting the characters take me a little bit more rather than plotting out so specifically the way that I have in the past, if that makes sense. So, well, you so know, how do you plot? Oh, sorry. Well, I was going to say, I think that um, I, I'd taken some kind of class recently or a, a, a video or something. And they were talking about how the more that you plot, the easier it is to write out of order. So <laughs> if if you write like steamy scenes better, then you if you know where those are going to come in your story, you, if you can't, if you're feeling blocked when you write, you just jump over there and write that steamy scene. Mm -hmm. and I was like, wow, I never considered it that way. Like I just thought, you know, you just write and write and write and you just do it whatever comes, even if it's the boring part, you just write mm -hmm. it, you know? And I never considered just jumping around and writing the easier parts or the parts that flow better, mm -hmm. and then, you know, coming back to the part that, you know, you felt stuck at. Yeah, I mean, the uh, one of the first things I usually write is a steamy scene because that kind of gives me that, that kind of how their tension is gonna go through the beginning of the book. Um, so like for Follow the River, for example, the very first scene I wrote for them was the shower scene. Yeah, that was the first scene I wrote. And I was like, and people are like, what? When I tell them that, um, but even like Head Above Water, the first scene I wrote for that was um, was the first kiss scene. But so it still was like a tension scene. It was something near the middle of the book that, you know, it just kind of helped drive the, what was happening in the beginning, I guess, in a way for me. I, it doesn't make sense to someone who is a pantser, but in my head, it makes sense, I guess. So that's why I want to start plotting because yeah. I get into moods where I really want to write steamy scenes, but I can't because I don't even know what's going to happen, you know, a hundred words from now. Mm -hmm. So it would be really nice if I could, when I'm in the mood, I can write all those scenes. When I'm in like mm -hmm. kill mode, I can write all of my kill scenes, <laughs> you know, that would be so nice. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely think that it's like a, it's a thing you have to teach yourself. Like you can, um, basically what I did when I was first plotting out, um, like the duet was I kind of just took my big scenes and put them in order of where they were going. 
um, didn't necessarily have like, I had like, okay, there's gonna be like three chapters between this happening and this happening. And then when I would write a scene, I'm like, okay, so I need something here to happen to build up to this. So that kind of drove what would happen before it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, me and Misty, we're both, um, we've both been like hardcore pantsers, but we both are trying to, to plot more and it's, it's slow going for both of us, but I think we'll get there eventually. Like, you know, we're, we're learning techniques and, and, and trying because, you know, you're always trying to grow as a writer and this, I feel like will just make us stronger writers. It's just, it's hard when you're like, you've written so many books a certain way. <laughs> so I have a question. When you read a book, does it come alive like a movie in your head? Yes, absolutely. Um, I see it as a movie. Um, it's very vivid in my brain. Like I, my husband and I have had this conversation before where I'm just like, you should try to read more, like try reading this book, try reading this book. He's like, but all I see are words on a page. I don't see the movie in my head the way you do. And I'm like, I guess I understand why you don't like reading if you don't have that same experience. Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is really sad if someone can't. I think, Misty, you said that you don't see the movie in your head, right? You don't see no, it? No, not That's at all. Sad. It's so sad. I feel yes. bad for you. Well, and, and what's sad too is is everyone in my house, except for my son, is like me. We, we see the movie in our head. But my son, he was just totally just blown away. He was like, you see it in your head? And I'm like, you don't see it in your head? And he said, no, why do you think I like, you know, reading like manga and stuff? And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, because he sees the yeah. pictures because mm-hmm. he can't put it in his mind. I was like, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder if this is why I have such a hard time plotting because I can't visualize it. And so it's hard for me to like put things together without the words. Mm-hmm. That might, that actually might make a lot of sense because I, even when I write like, like the whole thing, I see it in my brain as it's happening. It's the same type of thing so I can see that being why mm-hmm. I don't know I can't figure it out I, I <laughs> sat in front of my computer for like an entire day trying to plot out my biker book and yeah I got some scenes oh there goes my dog uh yeah I got some scenes put together but it it was frustrating and hard for me because I don't feel like I can see I don't know I totally I get it and, and I'm kind of that way right now with the story I'm working on. It's like, I've sort of got it plotted and I really need to s- just pause for a second and go back through and make sure I am like hitting all the stuff, but like I'm in the zone and I'm just, the words are flowing and, you know, just things are happening as they come out and I'm like, yeah, let's go with it. Let's go with it. You know? And I'm like, I don't want to stop that and ruin the flow. And then, you know, I don't know. Plotting almost makes me feel like I've written the story already. And then I don't really want to write it or I get confused and think, did I already write that? You know, because I remember writing it outline or whatever. So yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. But I think the biggest thing is if you are a painter going to plotting that to not have to sit there and plot out every single thing that happens, just maybe give yourself the big scenes and give yourself that freedom between the, you know, the first kiss to the lead up of the first steamy scene, whatever it might be, like give yourself the freedom to explore and let the characters take you in that journey, but still have an idea of, you know, this needs to, you need to get from A to B in a way that makes sense, but let them do it the way they want to, if that 
makes that's sense. A, that's a good idea. I mean, cause you're, you're basically saying like, put like a bare bones plot together with just mm-hmm. the basic XYZ well, happens or yeah. whatever. And yeah. that's what I need to do because then I can be like, okay, I know that, you know, about 60% of the way through, I want this big thing to happen. So I'll just work up to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. We need a plotting for dummies course, I think. <laughs> I've been taking these classes, I swear, and reading the books, but it's just, it's not clicking as easily as yeah. I would expect. You know, I, I don't know. It's, it's, ta- it's taken some work. But all of our scheduling classes are working. Yeah. Because both of us have sat down with a calendar recently and mapped out our year. Right. Right. Is that something that you've done, Chelsea? Yeah. So I actually booked all of my editing dates through December. What? I have have release dates. I'm not telling anybody them. I'm not even putting pre-orders up because I don't want to cancel anything. Um, But I almost had to because I have like weddings this year and I have all these other things, signings happening. So I have to like plan around them. So it's almost more imperative for me to do that this year than it was last year. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I did. I booked all of my editing and formatting and everything. You guys are so like ahead of the time. I have no, I have nothing booked, nothing scheduled. I'm just trying to ride this freedom wave. (laughs) (laughs) But you did sit down with a calendar. I did. I, okay. So for me, I don't know if you guys are this way, but I tend to think I can do more than I actually can. And because I will take like a time in my life where I wrote a book really fast and think, okay, well that week I wrote, you know, 60,000 words. I can do 60,000 words in a week if I had to. So like 10,000 words is nothing, you know, and that's like how I base it. And then I'm like, okay, so 10,000 times six weeks. Okay. That gives me a book or whatever. So I could do, you know, 20 books or whatever, you know, something outrageous. And then it's like, then I can't do it. And then I get all stressed out and I'm overwhelmed and I'm, I have all this stuff and I'm like, what's happening? I don't understand. And I sat down, a, you know, a few weeks ago and I was like trying to like map out my year. Cause I had taken Ella, that, um, webinar with Alessandra Tori and she had talked about like, um, um, like a business plan and like your, your goals yeah. and everything. And so I was like trying to go with that and then incorporate my schedule and all this stuff. And still, it just wasn't like fitting right. Cause I had told myself, I'm going to write 10,000 words a week. That seems easy. Okay. But then I was like, I don't think I'm writing 10,000 words a week. And so I started tracking every word this month. And so far this month, I have not written 10,000 words per week. It's more like 4,000 words per week. So then I sat down and thought, well, why didn't I get 10,000 words that week? So then I looked and I'm like, oh, okay, well, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I am slammed busy doing my online bookstore up here. Okay. So those (laughs) days are out. And then it was like, okay, so maybe Tuesday and Thursday, I could do some writing, but you know, I don't want to put too much pressure on myself. So what if I just got like a chapter? And so then I was like, okay, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing a chapter each on both of those days. So I'm getting like 4,000 words and I'm like, okay, wow. what, What a loser, Christy. You're such a loser. And then I'm like, no, you know, I'm not a loser. Like this is realistic. I need to be realistic with myself. I need to like come clean that I'm not 
able to do this. Like there's so much other stuff that I'm trying to do with my career. Yeah. You're doing so many more things now than you were in years past where it was easy for you to write 10,000 words a day. Right. And all last year I told myself, I'm going to focus on the business side of this and still write, but not write in a breakneck speed. And so what I was telling you guys before we started is I, um, I'm in this group called wide for the win. I don't know if you guys are in that one, but um, it's on Facebook and it's basically a group for people who publish wide. And so they're always having like tips and um, you know, whatever. And so I found this group and there was a link to a YouTube video and this girl, Sarah Cannon, and her company is heartbreathings.com. But anyway, she's also a author and she was doing a planning for 2022. And she basically was like, you know, I have friends who were, were putting out like 20 books a year. And then they went down to like three books a year and they made more money. And I was like, oh, and I was like listening. Cause I was like, wait a minute. I was putting out a bunch of books. And, and then last year I put out like a third of what I'd done the year before. And I made like double the amount of money. So I'm like, how, how, like, that doesn't make sense to me. Like it doesn't compute. And because I'm thinking more books means more money, you know, and like that. And so then I kind of, I was really listening to this girl at this point because I was like, it kind of like, you know, got me. And then she was like, well, you know, to plan what you're going to write, you have to be like realistic with yourself and, um, you know, actually block out times for your family, like for all the things that you do, uh, checking your emails, working on marketing, you know, all that stuff. And I was like, okay. So when I started doing that, I was like, okay, well, my little window for writing is a lot smaller. I'm, I'm not able to write a chapter a day. Like I, you know, think I could do or whatever. And so then she was like, once you have that accurate number and she went through a whole process and she had like resources, you could print off like papers and stuff to make it easy. And she was basically like, you know, once you figure that out, then you can schedule it. And I, and and so I went from thinking I was going to finish a book in three weeks to really realistically, I'm going to finish it at the end of February. And at first I was like, no, I can beat that. Yeah. Cause that's like my, my competitive nature. And then I was like, no, like, don't do that to yourself. Don't try to beat it. Like just acknowledge that that's the most you can do. And if you do more like this weekend, I did a lot more. Yay. Go me. But next week, if I only get that 4,000, I'm going to be okay. Cause I'm still on track, you know? Right. And so if, I'm thinking because I've learned this, that maybe this year will not be so stressful and so overwhelming. So that's all. That's my rant. (laughs) That's, that's what I'm doing is my problem is that I procrastinate. Like I can procrastinate like nobody's business. And also I can justify like nobody's business. Like give me any scenario. I will figure out a way to justify it. So then I end up procrastinating until I stress myself out trying to finish a book in, you know, three weeks. And I don't want to do that. So that's what I did. I sat down with my calendar. I put down all of my, the books that I plan on releasing for the year. I counted back about how realistically it would long, it would take me to write the book and when I need to start it and when I need to have it formatted, like everything. And I felt so much better. I was like riding a high because all of that pressure and all of that weight had just been released. Right. Yeah. Now we'll see if I can stick with it. I don't know. 
yeah that's that's the key is sticking with it for sure I hope I can stick with mine but you know here we are my editor's like oh can I push back you know your editing date because it was supposed to be tomorrow and I'm like yeah I still got 40,000 words to write so we can definitely push it back <laughs> I'm like I don't care <laughs> yeah that's yeah it's that's and that's the thing like I was kind of running up on that kind of thing last year like at the end of the year I had some I had like a book I was supposed to write and then they they asked me if I could move it up like a whole month or whatever and so I had to like bust it out and it was so stressful for me and I just felt like you know every day I had to write a million words and all this stuff and I finished it and it turned out great and I was really proud of it but I can't do that to myself over and over and over again. Like it's not fair. And it's, it's, it takes a toll on you, like an, a mental, um, mm-hmm. physical toll on you to yeah, always yeah. be just so wound up with stress, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's not good on your family either. I mean, I remember just like coming when I was still working my old job, I would work, you know, eight to five, come home, or if I was at home because of the pandemic. Um, you know, immediately switching over from working to writing. And I'm like, I didn't see my husband for like three weeks at one point, because I would be going to bed at 2am getting up at seven, and he's already at work and sleeping. So it gotta, you know, like you guys were saying, balance family time, balance, you know, vacations and balance all the other things you have to do besides write. And it's really important, like that work life balance type of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and Misty's seen me crash a lot through the years. So like I will work, 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 work. And then I finally meet my deadline or whatever. And then I just f- fall into this like where I'm like zoned out. And she's like, well, what'd you do today? And I'm like, we just binge 11 all. episodes <laughs> of this or yeah. Or I just read all day because I, my brain was dead. And she's like, good, good for you. You needed to like take a break, but it's like, I take those when I'm forced to like where my brain is just totally dead and gives up. And it's like, I'd like to give, take more time for myself during the week, like schedule some time, some Christy time to just stare at the wall if I feel like it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You have a really bad habit of just grinding until you just are at meet a wall. You just hit a brick wall and then you're done for, and it takes you a few days to recover. And the whole time that you're recovering, you're not enjoying that time. You're stressed out because you feel like you should still be working. Right. Yeah. And that's really hard. Like, and you guys know, because you work at home and you work, this is your business, you're self-employed. There's always that I got to do more. I got to do better. I got to make a little bit more, especially when you start making money and then you get used to making that money. And then it's like, I got to at least make that much again, if not more, you know, each time, but it's like, so you're constantly looking at your numbers. You're constantly looking at your output, you know, like all the things. And it's a lot of stuff to, you know, have on you. Yeah, for sure. So how many books have you written Chelsea? Uh, Four. So I have uh, the duet that came out first, then These Vow Secrets, which is kind of like an offshoot series of the duet. And then Head Above Water was my first standalone and that came out in September. So, but then I have like, you know, three different works in progress that I'm playing with because I did, you know, what Christy was saying about hitting that wall. Like I wrote Head Above Water in just over a month and it's 125,000 words. So I just kind of like that, book poured out of me in a way that I wasn't expecting. And then 
I hit a very um, difficult wall because I wasn't allowing myself to feel the emotion of that book while I was writing it um, mm-hmm. to the full extent. So then that all hit me at once. Plus like that whole working so hard that you just crash. So I was out of the count. I didn't write words for like two and a half months because I just physically couldn't bring myself to sit at my desk and write. So that was really hard. So during that time, I was just like, here, write, you know, 2000 words on this, 2000 words on something else. And then eventually I had like three or four different works in progress that I really wasn't doing anything with. So I finally, you know, in December, I was like, I need to pick something and just go with it. So we're in a good place now. (laughs) I have one that I'm feeling pretty good about and hopefully it will be out in February. So I'm getting a date yet though. (laughs) I'm not giving a date until I know. (laughs) (laughs) And you write MM. I do mostly. I mean, I started off, I was like, I'm going to write River and Rain, have it be MM, and then go back to all these other MF books. I was like, I want to write a book about this and this and this and this. And then all of a sudden I'm like, but writing two men is so much better than writing one. (laughs) So (laughs) I just kind of ended up switching all of the characters into to gay romance or whatever it might be in, you know, bi romance or bi awakening, whatever it would be. And I think the only MF books I will be writing will be in that Enclave series. I'll have three. So, and that's just because it's more realistic for a secret society to not be all gay guys. <laughs> yeah. So, but. Well, oops. Um, I, I have a hard time switching back and forth too. So like, I'll go from writing male, 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 like over and over. And I'm just in a zone. And then it's like, I have to write male, female. And I'm like, wait, wait, I forgot. I forgot <laughs> female anatomy. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> go stand in front of the mirror for a little bit. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to have to do the first time I have to write a, a male, female spicy scene. Cause even though I did write, you know, before river and rain, all male, female, romance I had never actually written a spicy scene like I'd always write around it because I was like I don't know how to do this yet and then so the first time I'm gonna have to do it I'm gonna be like how does this work (laughs) (laughs) I think you'll get it because like for you you're really good at those those angsty type scenes so maybe if you write the that scene first where they angst and they're just and all the emotions and stuff then you'll be like oh my god yes I can totally do this you know yeah. and it because then you're like in love with the characters but right now it just probably seems daunting because yeah doing male male but I figure that as soon as you get ready to do it you'll you'll kill it <laughs> hopefully fingers crossed I am very excited about um that book the next the first mf i have to write which is asher's book i'm very excited to write it um especially because it's like a an arranged marriage they absolutely cannot stand each other trope lots of cheating because why would you ever want to be with the person you're supposed to be married to when you don't want to be married to them so i am very excited about it but it's just a very daunting fact especially because i'm now known as an mm author i think a lot of people are only expecting me to write mm um but I don't want to limit myself. I don't want to limit myself to any one thing, which, you know, could make or break it, but we'll, we'll see, you know, I, I'm always willing to take a chance on something one time. So, well, I was going to tell you, me and Misty have learned that if people like your writing, which they do, they're going to follow you and read 
whatever, you know, that's what and they- there's not, there are not a lot of readers that will be like, I only read MM, you know what I mean? There's yeah. a few, but there's not many, uh, that kind of enjoy reading all across the board. And if they find a good author that they like, you know, like, I like, for instance, when I started writing MMs, like I ha- hadn't done it before. And so many of my readers were like, eh, I don't know about this. Like, I don't mm-hmm. read this, but then mm-hmm. they, they just couldn't stand the fact that I had put out another book and everybody was like, oh, this book's so good. And even though it wasn't what they were used to reading, they had the FOMO and they wanted to read it because they trusted me to deliver a good story. And then they were like, oh my gosh, then I read it and I loved it, you know? So They'll, they'll do the same for your MF, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, and I, I absolutely understand what you're saying with that too, because I mean, the first books that got me back into reading romance were um, L. Kennedy's off-campus series. So, you know, I kept getting, you know, the uh, advertisements on Amazon, you know, how they push books. Like, if you liked this, you'll like this. And I kept seeing him all over and I'm just like, but it's male male. I don't think I'll like that. I don't think I'll like that. And then here I am becoming an MM author like a year and a half later. And so it's just kind of funny how that, you know, it's so true. Like, you know, I trusted L. Kennedy. Um, I had never read Serena at the time, but I was like, let's give it a try. And at that point I had already read Wicked Lies and I was like, okay, let's, let's go for it. Let's just try it, see what happens. And, you know, it did help that I did listen to the audiobooks of both because Jacob and Teddy together oh are just gosh. a dy- dynamic duo. Like you can't go wrong with those two. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was very good audio. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, very good audio. That audiobook is so good. <laughs> so good. Uh, it's one of my favorites. Oh, and also um, try. Why can't I think of by Ella, Ella Frank. Yep. Yes, Ella Frank. Yeah. That audio is really good. That was my very first MM. Yeah, it was my first MM too, but I I, I read it with my eyeballs. <laughs> An eyeball reader. Yeah. So do you have a character that just holds a special place in your heart above all of the others? Yes. Um, River, <laughs> of course. Everyone knows my love for River, which it's so funny because when I came up with the idea of River and Rain and their story, um, all I really knew is that I wanted to write a bully romance lots of angst and tension that they just hated each other and um basically some of the things some of the things I wanted in that book didn't even happen and because they just kind of took over they took their own turn in life and I had thought that Rain would be my favorite character writing it because I love the broken boys every book I read you know I loved Cope Cope is my favorite because he's the broken boy Mm -hmm. you know i same with like Wes out of Jamie and Wes like I love the ones that are very damaged (laughs) so I'm like I love Rain Rain's gonna be my favorite but then I start writing him and I'm like I relate to you too much like you know (laughs) some of the ways you think are too much like me so I don't really like you as much as I thought and then River just came out of nowhere and surprised me and you know I was like wow like if I created a perfect person for myself it'd probably be you he just is kind of he just encompasses just like this little golden retriever lots of people call him the golden retriever boy and it's so true um you know I do love all my characters in different ways but he's just so special to me that I don't think anyone will ever top him he's my favorite of all of your characters for sure and yeah 
he's he was just like anytime he would just smile I was like mm, I felt his smile through the pages yeah I and it's so funny because I mean like I do adore Cannon's character too um but I just no one meets the standard of river for me at this point so we'll see maybe one day yeah well so far he's my favorite uh do you have any audiobooks out I don't um but I do have one in the works head up of water is coming out in the spring and I'm really excited I can't give a date yet they gave me a date but I can't give it out yet um so but it's I'm really excited it's gonna be Michael Dean is narrating Easton and Zachary Johnson is narrating canon. So I'm very, very excited for that to be in my ears because I love audio. I've, you know, I've always loved listening to books. And so it's kind of a dream come true when they kind of were like, hey, we're interested in buying this. Do you want to sell it? And I'm like, yes, let's go. Let's do this. So it's, it's scary. It's daunting because it's like going weeks without hearing anything from them but I am very very excited to hear the final product soon I'm I'm so excited (laughs) I have I very rarely have time to like eyeball read books because I I, right now I'm just working like 15-16 hours a day Um, but in the mornings while I'm getting the kids ready like my my airpods are in my ears and I listen to probably three audiobooks a week so it's very exciting for me I can't wait for it to be out whenever it comes out you got to tell everybody so we can me and Missy are going to buddy listen okay I'll let you guys know as soon as I know I'll get you like a code or whatever has to happen I don't know when it will yes of course Uh, if you could describe yourself in three words, what would they be? Oh gosh. Um, this is one of those interview questions that you never, you think you're prepared for, but you're not. Um, (laughs) let's see. I guess this is like, it was two go getter would be one. I'm very, I'm very driven. Um, independent, almost to a fault. I don't like to ask for help. Um, so like, you know, when I get stuck on something, I'm very, like, I don't want to bother someone with me needing to like work a plot out or something like that. It's very hard for me to ask for help because I was raised to be so independent. Um, and then probably loyal. I don't think that really applies to my job. Um, but I am a very loyal person also to a fault sometimes, but I guess it does apply. You know, I will read, you know, anything an author that I love I will read anything they write I will trust them to do whatever I you know we we all know I hate age gap but I read an age gap by Christy I still did it because I trust her so (laughs) you don't like age gap I don't like age gap I'm sorry I tease her about all the time because it's my favorite (laughs) (laughs) it's my favorite too I know it is I see your TikToks about like what was the TikTok where you're talking about all the different age gaps you wrote in your biker series, but then the last one was no age gap. I'm like, well, that's the one I would read. <laughs> I can't help it. I try. I try to not. And then it just happens anyway. I shouldn't say that I hate it. Like I can read up to like 10 years, maybe even 12 comfortably, but anything over that, I'm like, oh, cringe a little bit. 
<laughs> it's not an age gap unless it's like at least 18 years yeah yeah <laughs> oh exactly my if they're not doubling the age then i don't know i don't think that's the dad then i don't want to read it <laughs> oh. <laughs> so uh tell us what you're writing now can you yeah i can tell you um so i am currently writing something that was supposed to come out last year um it's called don't you dare it's a best friends, lovers, new adult college romance. Um, one of them plays baseball. Um, the other one is just like this kind of very lonery gamer boy that just keeps to himself. And they're very much like opposites attract. Um, but they've been best friends for years. It kind of works for them. And it's a double by awakening because they have this first kiss when they're at the end of their high school careers because they're playing this game called Don't You Dare which is basically truth or dare, um, but only dares are allowed to happen. And they kiss and one of them feels something in that moment and they're like, oh, wow. And they've been curious about it ever since. And it just kind of escalates through a bunch of different dares and into this awakening. And yeah, I want to read that right now. <laughs> I, I love those kinds of stories where they, they don't know that they like something and really maybe they don't except for that person like I just yeah and that's it was really hard too because I was like I of course I've never written friends to lovers I was like where's the angst in this that was my that was my issue for a while I had written like 50,000 words of it and I'm like I don't know what's going on with you two because I'm not feeling it and all of a sudden I just like put it away I wrote head above water instead and then wasn't writing anything and I came back to it and I'm like I know what was missing. I found my hole, I figured it out. And now I kind of understand who they are. And I was so like concerned and consumed about like, what are you gonna be? Are you gonna be bi? Are you gonna be coming out as gay? And I'm like, I can't focus on your your actual like defined sexuality. I'm just gonna let you tell me what it is. You're gonna tell me, is it only him? Is it, or is it everybody? Are you like, how are you gonna f- take this journey of, you know, a bioawakening because I obviously I haven't gone through that because I am not a male or bi. And it's just one of those things where you have to really like do your research and kind of figure it out to make sure you're doing it justice to not only people who have gone through it, but also the characters themselves. It's one of those tricky situations where you are writing kind of something that is a little bit more emotionally sensitive to some readers because they have experienced it. So, and it's not something that I've ever done, written before. Oh, it sounds amazing. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. No. Christy, can you say what you're working on? I am writing an age gap. <laughs> <laughs> it's a student teacher. Um, I, I kind of told my Patreon a little bit about it. Um, I gave them some sneak peeks, but um, basically I... Feel like I owe my readers a, a forbidden type story um, and this one will be male female um, and I I really forgot like how much I like loved writing the taboo treats you know and this is kind of falls in that realm but maybe a little bit darker I don't know and anyway so instead of it being like a bunch of standalones within a world it's probably going to be more like a series but I don't know when it's going to come out right now. I'd like to just write like several books in a series and just hold on to them for a little while. Um, 
just to get some, some stuff under my belt. And then I won't feel so stressed out about, you know, not having anything in my stuff, but it's been nice just to write without like any kind of stress or, or anything, because, you know, sometimes the pressure like gets to me of, I gotta do this. I gotta do that. You know? And so I've just been writing and letting them be all angsty and juicy and, you know, doing their forbidden bad things. And so now I'm at like 21,000 words and I feel like I just started this book. So I'm proud of myself. So it'll be shorter though. I don't know. I thought Maybe. it was going to, I thought it was going to be like 50,000 words, but you know, it's, they just kissed and it's 21,000. So I'm thinking it's going to be a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am also right. Well, I'm trying to write a shorter book um, and it's reverse age gap, which let me preface this by saying I don't generally enjoy reverse age gaps. That's not my jam, but the characters just kind of came to me. So I was like, okay, all right, fine. I'll write it. I don't know when I'm going to release it. I don't know. I'd like to do a whole series of these like shorter, um, you know, taboo, forbidden romances because that's just my I just love those so much um they're awesome so we'll see I'm excited yeah Christy and I are kind of aligned with our reading I know like we got right on the same path didn't we (laughs) like yeah yeah you guys got to teach me how to write shorter books (laughs) I know you're like the marathon writer Yeah. How do you I know, yeah. the mail? And I was like, wow, this is a brick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> My longest book was um, Riley's Biker that I just finished. That's with editing now. And that was like almost 90. And I just felt like this is never going to end. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just going to keep going and going. And finally, I had to be like, look we cannot have a book that's double the length of the other ones. Like scale it down. <laughs> well, I, the longest book I've ever, ever written is um, Heath with Nikki Ash. And that was because it was a retelling of um, Wuthering Heights. And we like had to hit all these story marks, mm-hmm. but in Wuthering Heights, they don't go into all the romance and everything. And so we had to like, really like flesh it all out to make it good. So it ended up being like 114,000 words, which was like a nightmare to edit because it was so long. And then my second largest one is probably Dirty Ugly Toy. And I think it's like 98,000 words. And I thought that was a nightmare to edit. So I don't know how Chelsea does these 200,000 word books or whatever. They're not that long. (laughs) My longest is 125 and my shortest is 117. (laughs) So <laughs> your shortest is still more than my longest, yeah, <laughs> you know, <yeah. laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning. It's because I like to make the spicy scene so long. I blame oh. it on the spice. <laughs> and then, and then me, me and, um, I don't know if me and Misty were talking about this, but that that's good to have a really long book for like Kindle unlimited because yes. as an author, you get paid on pages read. But for me, I tend to write a lot of like, you know, 200 page books that are just just punchy right to the point and steamy and let's get in let's get out those don't really do as well in kindle unlimited because people i mean there's not as many pages to read so it's funny how different people write different kinds of things and that how that like changes their business model you know 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if I tried to go wide and took KU out, like I would, I mean, I think KU is probably 75% of my income because they are long books. So readers, like when you have a book that is, you know, over a hundred thousand words, I think putting it into KU is a good thing because, you know, the readers feel like, you know, they're paying whatever it is a month, like $10 a month for KU or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, they get to read like, like this really long book instead of having to pay $5 a pop for them, you know, it's, it's, they get their money's worth for that $10 a month to read as many as they can. Mm-hmm. So, but for you guys who do write the shorter books, it makes sense for you to go wide because you wouldn't make the same amount of money in KU. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of where I'm battling right now because this like forbidden taboo series that I'm going to be working on, uh, I'm going to try and go wide, but because they're shorter, I can price them less. And I'm hoping that this will be like my branch out into going wide, but we'll see. I don't know how it'll work. You just got to do it. So stressful. (laughs) And then learning like all of the different retailers. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's hard. And like, we've just been learning Google play, me and my sister, she's been helping me put all my stuff on Google play, but it's been worth it already. Like it's already like right under Amazon on earnings. So it's like, okay, Amazon's always my big, my big performer, but now Google Play is like right up underneath it. So I'm like, okay. And then I recently added some stories to Radish and it's been making some money over there. I mean, it's, it's very small amount, but I've just barely started. So I'm like, okay, well, that's just like four stories with just a few chapters in just imagine when I get all my books out there and all the chapters, like I can see that as a good place to have books. So what is radish? It's like a, um, it's like a, an app on your phone that you can read by chapter. Um, it's like serial fiction. Um, so you like pay per chapter you, you buy coins and then you spend your coins on the stories. Yeah. The chapters and, um, they, they have like little games and deals and stuff. Like you can go on there and watch an ad and get some coins. And anyway, they, it shows you how many coins that you earn from the reads and the views and all that stuff. So, so do you write books specifically for Radish or are you just putting your books in? I, you can do both, but I've been taking my books and loading each chapter. And I've actually, um, like I just uploaded Crybaby and cause that one's really steamy. And they said that really do well over there. So, but like, there was a couple parts I, I tweaked to make it end more like on a cliffy on the chapter. So it wasn't just like a dead ending, you know, like I wanted it to be like, Oh no, what's going to happen? They would want to continue. Right. Right. So it, my books aren't necessarily designed for this, but I'm, I'm kind of tweaking them a little to make them fit so so it's kind of like vellum in a way like kindle vellum how they had that serial idea yeah it's like that except for um i think it's 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 a little more easy to handle and they advertise like they've already advertised my book on their homepage. um is like writers we love and i was like whoa how did i get on here and so they are really good about like cycling people through there and like really keeping it fresh and you know stuff like that so I'm, I'm enjoying it so far cool interesting something else that I want to explore at some point Misty lets me be the pioneer and then yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> what 
going towards and what's not. <laughs> exactly. Like I don't like learning things, but Christy does. So I just let her learn all the things and then whatever works, she funnels down to me. And then whatever doesn't work, I don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> works very, very well for me. <laughs> So we are to the point of the show where we talk about what we are reading or listening to. Um, Christy, I didn't uh, tell Chelsea that we were doing this, so I'm going to give her a minute. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so I'm not listening to anything, and I'm actually not reading anything at the moment because um, I've been doing all these trainings and like... Oh, yeah sitting in through all these like classes and seminars and all this stuff. So I've been doing that, but I did get two books in the mail that I'm going to read next. And one of them is called, this one's a craft book and it's called, I don't know if you guys can see that it's called emotional beats and it's how to convert your writing into palpable feelings. And it just, you know, just gives examples of, you know, all these different things with emotions and, and, people's eyes and their face and their head and the things that they would do and so because I tend to when you you tend to write the same mannerisms and things you know and I I get so annoyed with myself because as, as I'm writing them, I'm like oh wow he's widening his eyes again you know like mm-hmm. why does he keep doing that or whatever so this is great because this is gonna hopefully help me come up with some new cool stuff and I am the other one, that one right now <laughs> the other one, I don't even remember where I found this one, maybe in the MM group that they suggest things, but it's called The Darkness Outsiders. And someone said it was like the best book they'd read all year. And Ooh. so I was like, I need this. But, um, and it starts off with two boys alone in space. That is like right up my alley. You yeah. see, like, like I was like, I need this, and the cover was really pretty. So you've got two boys alone in space. You sold me right there. Just that, <laughs> just that little tagline. I don't care what it's about. I'm gonna read it. So I think it's YA, um, but I'm excited. Are you ready? Yeah. Um, so I'm actually not listening to anything just because I don't have like the time to listen. Um, but I do have some formatting to do this week. So I plan to start um, When You Come Back to Me, I think is the name of it by Emma Scott. Um, mm. Or if, if You Come Back to Me, I think it's something like that. Um, I want to do that on audio this week. And then I'm not reading anything, but I did just read um, Frat Wars, The Masters of Mayhem. No, wait. It's the second Frat Wars book by Saxon James. I just beta read it. I think Masters of Mayhem was the first one. But it's, it was really good. It was really steamy. I absolutely love the characters. So highly, highly recommend that when it comes out. Cool. Uh, so I fell down Arena Kent rabbit hole. Like. I saw that. I, yeah. I have not been this, like, just completely engrossed in one singular author for I don't even know how many years, but I listened to, okay. The first one that I listened to was, it must've been empire of desire, which isn't in order because hers are all interconnecting in some way from what I understand. Um, but 
high school, I tend to kind of skip over, um, unless like I'm super into what in her first like six or all high school. So I was like, uh, I'll come back to it if I'm really into the one that I was re- listening to. And I couldn't put it down. I couldn't like my, no matter what I was doing, even in the car, like with my kids, I disconnected my Bluetooth and connected it to my AirPods just because I could not stop listening. So then I flew through that one. I flew through um, Reign of King and Rise of Queen, which were technically before Empire of Desire, but they all stand alone or whatever. And then my friend told me that in Red Thorns, there's primal play. And so I jumped the timeline ship and I started that one today. You guys, I don't even know. what. Oh my God. It is so good. So good. What? what, Okay. What is primal play? Like does one of them pretend to be like a monkey or something? I mean, like, I don't know. Okay. I I don't want to spoil the book, (laughs) but (laughs) he lets her, like, he tells her to run in the forest. (gasps) And she just runs and he just chases her. And it's like, she, she's still unsure about the guy. So she's not even sure if like things are going to go okay once he catches her, but he, she takes off and he chases her and, oh, it is so hot. It is so hot. It is so good. I didn't realize this was a thing. I didn't realize I I was into it. (laughs) I didn't realize that was what it was called. Right. Yeah, you will be into it. You have to, you have to either listen to it or read it because my, like I'm putting on my makeup today and listening to it and like I'm sweating, like my heart is palpitating in my chest and I'm like, cause I'm not even sure what he's going to do when he catches her. Like, is this going to go okay? Or is this going to go really dark, really quick? And it was okay. And it was so good. I'm freaking obsessed and I just can't, and this one is a duet, which I'm super excited about because I never want to leave this world for the rest of my life. Uh, so yeah. I didn't know know what that was called. I mean, I've read, um, in Pepper Winter's Fables of Happiness, there's a scene. Oh yes. Yeah. So I didn't know that's what it was called, but I read stuff like that. And it's, it's like, you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? What is, what's going on? What are you going to do? So I can see that that, I, I'm going to, I'm going to pick that up, Misty. (laughs) You have to, you have to. And then you have to message me after this first scene, because it's, and she just, she writes really, really good characters. And it like has that dark undertone that I just love. So Yeah. Sorry, I got really excited, really worked up, and I'm already sweaty. <laughs> I'm like, can we get this over with? I need to go back to that. She's got her no. AirPods in. She's listening to it as we speak. <laughs> if I could split, I would have. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time since like I've attached to an author so much, and she does not do social media really. Mm-hmm. Um, at all and so I have no way to fangirl and it's driving me nuts like I just want (laughs) to I want to write to her and be like I'm obsessed and there's no way to do it and it made me really sad (laughs) well you you need to be like me and just like hunt down their email like that's right I hunt them down on email and then I'm like oh maybe I'll do that love letter (laughs) yeah yeah maybe I'll do that I'll do that today actually (laughs) 
when we all go to write after this and meet inside the O write, you guys are going to be working on your works of progress and I'm going to be writing a love letter to Rena Kent. (laughs) I got 20,000 words in today, guys. It's all to a letter. Right. (laughs) I love you and your primal stuff so much. (laughs) Yeah, she has some really good alpha holes and the stories are just really... The last one, um, Reign of a King and Rise of a Queen, just the the overall story was just so, so good. And like, okay, I'm done. Obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) Missy doesn't doesn't rave that often. So when she does, you know, she really likes it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm also I'm all reading Triple Threat, which is really good. And I wanted to finish it last night so bad, but I took my gummy and it just knocked me out. <laughs> so I was done. But I'm hoping to finish that one today. And it is so good. And I'm so mad at you because I was convinced that you would never make me like these triplets. Like how convinced of that was I? You were convinced hundred percent. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so now I'm 70% in and I'm like, I kind of like them. Right. And you haven't even got to book two where you're going to love them. So kind of mad at you over it because I really wanted to hate them. I know. And even like parts of this one, it brings back that hate. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this, this is really confusing for me. I don't know how to do this. <laughs> there was a lot of people that were like, I wasn't going to read that book because I hated them so much, yeah. but then everybody was reading it and then I was jealous. So I read it and now I love them and I hate you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm That's like, exactly where I'm at. <laughs> you know, I like play with your feelings. I know. Yeah. Um, okay. If we go any longer, our producer yells at us. Yes, he does. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, we are we are past the hour. <laughs> he gets on to like, you're wasting your time or whatever. I don't even know what he says, but he says, Y'all went over an hour. Yeah, yeah. So uh if you enjoy our show, please leave us a comment. Make sure you subscribe to um on Spotify. We are on YouTube. I was Chelsea was like, I don't have to get ready, right? It's just audio. I'm like, you don't know that we're YouTube stars with our 40 subscribers. Right? Not 40K, 40. Yeah. <laughs> 45. So um, make sure you follow us over there and drop us a comment. Let us know if there is somebody else that you would like us to have on our show. We love having guests and we absolutely loved having you, Chelsea. Thank you so much. Yes. Thanks for inviting me. It was fun. Yeah, it was. And we will see you uh, two weeks from now. Bye, everybody. Bye.